Welcome to the Chocolate Cake Bites podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss the sweet nuggets of goodness that come from living the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Ken Williams. The opinions, attitudes, thoughts, and ideas that we discuss are those of the hosts and guests and are not necessarily a reflection of the actual doctrines of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's conversation. And we are back with a new co-host this time. This time we are with Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Jensen. I have way too much fun with this. So welcome, Jeff. Thank you. It's great to be here, Ken. I am uh, Jeff's ministering brother, so we have to be friends. And <laughs> Jeff only likes me because I make chocolate cake. Not true. I thought we were going to talk about truth on this podcast. Well... Sometimes I stretch the truth a little bit. Something that that we're going to talk about, uh, hopefully, in the next uh, week or two. Um, I was talking to my brother, whose birthday was last week. And for his birthday, he made, twin, no, 49, 49 chocolate cakes. And so I just want to have a conversation with him about why he decided to do that, what he did, what his experience was, and that sort of thing. So we need to talk because we've talked about chocolate cakes. I did not bring one. There's one sitting in my office almost gone and it was delicious well considering that you took one all the way to florida <laughs> i did I and did. you took more than one you took multiple I cakes to multiple florida times. and many of us uh, were able to be very thankful for your chocolate cake <laughs> so, and and for you ken well i appreciate that um so jeff and i were talking uh last week over the weekend and uh, we talked about gratitude so this is the month of thanksgiving month of gratitude so we thought it was this would be a good chance to talk a little bit about gratitude. So first of all, Jeff, t- talk about what you've been doing on social media this month. So I don't know why. I just had uh, a thought and impression that every day in November I should post something that I'm thankful for. Some days I say I'm thankful for, and other days I just post something that I happen to be thankful for. And I can tell you that it's changed one person a lot, and that's me. It's made me feel more thankful. Every morning I wake up and I think, well, what am I going to post today? And it's just made me think, well, what would be interesting to other people or what am I thankful for? And usually what I do is I scroll through the photos on my phone and I just end up finding a photo or two or three. Mm -hmm. And that then becomes my my gratitude post for the day. And I've seen some of those where um, it's been some of the things that you would typically think about. I know that you've had some travels recently where you visited your kids. And um, so that's something. Is there anything that you've found over the last uh, week and a half or so that uh, that you've been grateful for or whether or not you've expressed it that was surprising to you, something that you didn't think would be a natural post? I don't know if that makes sense. That's a great question. You know, I think first, um, there's a couple uh, people that know a lot about gratitude that have influenced me. Um, One of them is Dieter Uchtdorf of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And he gave a 
a talk once about the importance of showing gratitude in in all situations, mm-hmm. not just when you're truly thankful or not when you, things are going well. And as I th- thought about that and really read that talk multiple times, I realized showing gratitude is not just something to do. Um, it's, it's, it's a tool to mm-hmm. get through life. And, and that leads to the second example, which was last year about this time, uh, there was a lot of contention in uh, the United States. There was a lot of contention in social media and it was hard to have conversations and not feel some level of contention, even with family and friends. Right. There and were certain topics or certain even words that were hot buttons that ex- you couldn't exactly, even Exactly. Exactly. And it seemed like um, there were just certain words that were triggers um, for other people. Mm-hmm. And so then all of a sudden President Russell M. Nelson, the president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, he challenged us to do a gratitude um, fast. And for me, from the time he he put that out on a video, I immediately felt the spirit of it. Was that the and hashtag give, give thanks? Give thanks, right. yeah. Hashtag give thanks. And, you know, I think there again, it was a tool if you're in a funk or feeling... Uh, contentious or just not enjoying a particular phase of your life. Mm -hmm. If you practice thankfulness or gratitude, it, it not only um, impacts other people, but it impacts yourself. Right. And so for me, it's been an interesting journey this month where um, it's been good for me that as I've seen uh, family and friends go through hard things, whether it be health challenges or whether it just be adjustments in life or just difficulties, um, or whether I've felt like I was going through a particularly hard day. Um, being thankful is a way that, um, helps me find perspective. Mm -hmm. And I hope that it helps other people because I see things on social media or, Ken Williams shows up on a Sunday night with a chocolate cake (laughs) or somebody sends me a text or gives me a phone call out of the blue when I don't expect it. And it lifts me. It it makes me feel more thankful. Mm -hmm. And so I do have hope that by doing these posts daily, people don't just get tired of seeing my posts and Mm -hmm. tune me out. But I hope that if it impacts one person to help them get through something or just get through a dull day, that's worth it. So I remember last year, I haven't done anything, I've not posted anything on social media for a while, but um, last year I remember the uh, the give thanks hashtag, and I remember some of the things that I that I posted, and I, w- and I think we talked about this as well. I didn't want to have just the, the standard, and I'm using air quotes, uh, gratitude things. I'm grateful for living in a country where I have freedoms, or I'm grateful for whatever, you know, those, those what you might call cons- uh, normal things. I'm grateful for my family, and which is all true and all, all important. But um, I remember, I think there was one post where I just, you know, there were a couple of posts where I just used uh, one or two words. So I was, I'm grateful for tomatoes. Uh, I'm grateful for cows. And uh Tomatoes, of course. <laughs> I think I posted a picture of salsa. I like to make salsa occasionally. If I'm not making chocolate cake, I'm probably making salsa. You make good salsa too. <laughs> so, and then the cows. Uh, there's a whole backstory that at some point 
I'll get Allison on. She'll tell you the story. She'll tell you the true version of the story because I make mistakes, of course, every time I tell stories. But um, I wanted to just have a little bit of fun. These sometimes are inside jokes with uh, a few people that I know and um, hopefully bring a smile to somebody's face. And then maybe some other people might kind of raise an eyebrow. Why is, why is Ken grateful for cows? Well, of course, butter. which is an important ingredient for chocolate cake. And um, I can't remember. Uh, I think I even had, uh, I'm, I was grateful for inside jokes and uh, that's just, and that brings a lot of joy. So. um, Well, you just mentioned a word that has for me become uh, an important word and that's joy. Uh, I've been noticing lately the word joy, it's throughout the scriptures. Mm-hmm. It's throughout uh, talks or speeches by either general authorities or general church leaders or university presidents. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also the middle name of my daughter, Savannah. Uh, and so I've been thinking a lot about the word joy. And one thing that I know, we're only a few days into November, mm-hmm. but um, having the goal to make a gratitude post every day means that I first have to think about what I'm grateful for. Right. And that whole process gives me a lot of joy. Mm-hmm. So um, how long, a lot of people do gratitude posts for the month of November or f- up until Thanksgiving. Uh, have you thought about, are you going to do this up to Thanksgiving or beyond or where, where have you thought? That's a great question. Um, I, I really don't know. But um, there was a time in 2020 when I made some posts that were kind of political in nature. And I did it for, there was the, kind of an inside reason. that That is that uh, some of my college-age kids were, they had different political opinions than some of their friends. And so I thought, I'm just going to, pop it out there. And, and I got hammered, mm-hmm. right? I mean, people that are my friends, family, um, I think I had an aunt, you know, that just like people just hammered me for the political post. And so I realized that, um, in fact, I once you start making political posts, it's hard to stop. Mm-hmm. And so I made a couple more. <laughs> and I had like said, I'm going to go back to doing uplifting posts, right. but first I need to say this. And um, an extended member of my family actually wrote in a comment. I thought you were going to do uplifting posts now, right? <laughs> and so I decided I'm going to go delete all those political posts. There's enough contention in the world without right. me adding to it. Right. And quite frankly, I don't think anybody cares what my political position is. You're going to um, reinforce the position of people who agree with you, and you're going to alienate people that don't agree with you. And I mean, I think it's just it's a it's a lose lose, yeah. right? Everybody is looking through um, at least politics, they look through a certain lens Mm -hmm. based on their life experience. And it's one post isn't really going to sway people, I don't think. But what I have noticed is that when I post something that's um, something that I'm thankful for, Mm -hmm. my awareness of my blessings increases, Mm -hmm. the the feelings that I have increase. Um, And uh, I've had people private, you know, privately send a, a message through and say, thanks for that post. I need that today. And that means the world to me, right? right? 
Um, so I think that um, there is definitely a divine law around practicing gratitude. Yes. And I think it has to do with recognizing the fact that we have a heavenly father and we have a savior mm -hmm. and they've created this world for us and they've created opportunities to experience life and make choices. And when we take time to pause and think about what should I express thankfulness for? Mm -hmm. And we do that in our private prayers, but when you do it via social media, I think it, it's multidimensional because there's maybe an image there. There's maybe something that you write, you have a feeling after you post it and then people start commenting or they like it. Um, and there's just, it's like contributing positively. Yeah. And I think, cause I know that I've done this when other people make posts about what they're thankful for, mm -hmm. it makes me reflect about what, what I'm thankful for. And so, um, and it's funny cause I'm looking over your shoulder into the kitchen. My wife has this thing on the, uh, the backslash behind the oven that says, give thanks. Uh -huh. I think, I think that that's not just the right thing to do, mm -hmm. but, but that's a tool to have a happy and joyful life. Right. It's pretty difficult. Even if you're going through a hard time, mm -hmm. it's pretty difficult to feel bad at the same time you're expressing gratitude for something. That's true. And I think we can, you know, without necessarily looking through rose colored glasses and, and thinking that the world is always uh, supposed to be happy. I think there, you know, there's a scripture uh, in second Nephi, I think it's second Nephi that uh, men are that they might have joy. There's also a scripture that talks about um, there's opposition in all things. And so there are opportunities, I think, to find joy in the challenges, the difficult things in life. I was in a work meeting last night that uh, uh, where my boss was talking about how uh, a lot of things in our lives are shaped by our perspective. If we decide that we want to have a positive perspective or a positive mindset, we can have a much different experience than if we approach our life or approach an experience with a negative mindset. So having said that, I, um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, this last weekend and the experience that you and I had um, and I want to talk about it from a, maybe an observer's standpoint rather than a, we'll talk about it from a participant standpoint because we were both, uh, both involved. Um, and I'm not bringing it up because I want to be self-congratulatory or anything like that. But I think we had a significant experience with that, with joy, with creating a, uh, an opportunity for a joyful experience in the middle of, uh, of pain of, of a difficult experience. So talk a little bit about, um, how things came to the, came together for our, uh, conversation, <laughs> our conversation about, uh, about joy and gratitude. Where did, where did you get so roped into this? Yeah. Last week, last week was a great week for a lot of reasons, but before I get into that, can I just share one mm -hmm. uh, memory? Sure. Um, there's a story that I've read a few times. There was uh, an older gentleman when I was just a teenager, and his name was Fred Babel, and he wrote a book called On Wings of Faith. Fred Babel 
was Ezra Taft Benson's personal secretary when uh, then Elder Bel Benson went to uh, Europe after World War II to try to deliver uh, clothing and food and hope to the saints who had suffered through so much during World War II. And there's a story of a lady who lost her husband as a result of the war. He fought in the war and lost his life. And then she walked over a thousand miles because she, she had no place to go. She was basically um, heading to a place where she could be safe. And along the way, she lost, I think, two children and arrived at this place mm -hmm. and came into a, 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 a church meeting and her story was eventually um, told. But in her deepest moment of grief, um, after she, I believe she, um, if I remember the story right, she actually buried her her last child by digging uh, a grave with a spoon in the frozen dirt. Mm -hmm. And she, in that moment, in, in just such deep grief and sadness that, that I can't even imagine, she dropped to her knees and started to give thanks mm -hmm. in prayer to God. And when I think of that story, I think what drove that saintly woman to actually have the faith to drop to her knees and thank God for her mm -hmm. blessings. And I think my personal belief as I've pondered that is that the Spirit whispered to her, pray and give thanks, mm -hmm. not just because it's a saintly thing to do mm -hmm. or just a amazingly beautiful thing to do, mm -hmm. but because it's a tool to invite the Spirit into her life in order to be able to deal with all that grief and pain, mm -hmm. right? And so um, I think that's what gratitude can do for you is that it takes whatever you're going through, whatever's difficult, and it allows you to have a different perspective that's going to give you strength to deal with whatever is, is happening. So we, we both have a mutual friend who's an amazing person, and we'll just call her Mar, but Mar which means see in, uh, in Spanish. Uh, Mar is the type of person that has served people all over the world. She's mm -hmm. constantly rescuing people, constantly helping people. Her husband, Jeff, is the same way. And they have literally gone from, you know, to Africa, to the Philippines, all over the world. And uh, uh, about, I don't know, two weeks ago or so, um, Mar reached out and said, hey, I'm going to be at this conference in Florida and would love it if there's any way you could come down and help us celebrate Jeff's birthday. And she apparently had the same conversation with you and with our other mutual friend, Silas. And at first, my I'm going to be honest, my, my thought was like, there's no way I can do that. <laughs> like, I, I am so consumed right now with life and I and work and there's just no way I can do. And, and but my wife um, said, you need to do that. Mm. And so I started thinking about how could that happen? And I, I figured out there was ways that that could happen. And so you and, and uh, Silas also uh, felt the same way. And I, I think your, your wives uh, felt that way as well. So we all end up in Florida. And I think it was that first night 
that Friday night, yeah. you, Silas, and I were sharing a room, and which is funny because <laughs> like I'm the perfect height of five six, and you guys are over six feet tall, and we're all jammed into this small I'm just hotel over six room feet with my hair. It's yeah, I'm right and, at six. But I, it, it was when you started talking uh, about uh, that there was something happening. It was a unique experience. Mm-hmm. And I think we also all found out that day that Mars son had a relapse with cancer, with leukemia. And it was scary. It was scary for her. It was scary for Jeff. And here we are, like, ready to celebrate a, a birthday. And we're suddenly realizing that one of her adult children could, could have a limited life experience here um, due to this illness. And so I think our, our, uh, we quickly all had the same thought at one, at one time during that evening that maybe we were there, um, not just for Jeff's birthday, but we were there to minister, uh, in some way tomorrow. Now, the thing that's so amazing is she's got a great family and doesn't really need three extra brothers, No, but she (laughs) says, (laughs) but she says that we're like her brothers. right? Right. And so that's that was an honor to be able to be there and and in some small way help somebody who is always helping other people mm-hmm. and this is the thing that really hit me hard is that no matter how much we admire another person no, ma- no matter how strong we think they are no matter how gifted we think they are everybody is going to feel sad or scared or something other than joy right. at some point and it's it's those that are willing to follow a little impression mm-hmm. or follow a spouse who says you need mm-hmm. to go. And sometimes the spouse is, is exactly. that impression. Sometimes the spouse and the prompting hit you at the same time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but uh, so we, we ended up having a couple really unique days. And I think one of the things that uh, that was impactful for me was seeing what she and her husband were going through that weekend. And yet we had, uh, three big brothers, two big brothers, one kind of not so big, (laughs) but, uh, that they, that, that we were present. Yeah. And that made me reflect all the times when I was in the deep end of the pool and somebody showed up for me Mm -hmm. and somebody was helping me. Now, the funny thing is, is that you can't be around, uh, these two people without them like actually helping you. They, right. That's just, they could be going through something really hard mm-hmm. and they turn outward and they try to help. So it, again, it was one of those experiences where we probably got more out of it than we put into it. We we absolutely got something out of it. So my experience was um, this, this was in the works and I think you and Silas had already committed. And so it was, I was thinking about having this conversation in the hotel room with the three of us, but we were so exhausted. I was falling asleep as we were talking. So that wouldn't have worked out. But um, I was talking to her at church on Sunday the week before, and she just mentioned, oh, by the way, here's here's the plan. Jeff wants to go to Harry Potter World, and Silas and Jeff are going to be coming. And she, I think, I imagine that she just saw the wheel start, start turning in my head, and she said, wait, are, are you thinking you might come also? And I thought, well, yeah, it's Saturday. I I might be able to make this work. And so I started communicating with Silas and, and uh, found out 
a little bit more about the plan and the details and, and talk to my wife who was super supportive. Now the, the thing that was, as I, as I look back to the experience, the thing that was interesting to me that doesn't happen all the time, but it happens. It's significant when it does happen that I felt you talked about an impression. I felt uh, an impression or I felt uh, a kind of a, a prompting or a, a I felt drawn to be a part of this. It certainly wasn't easy or convenient. I work overnight. Um, I tried to catch a well, I did catch a flight that left at about 930 in the morning. And so I was on zero sleep and actually cut out of work early. I <laughs> had to get some people covering for me. But, uh, and as I talked to my wife beforehand, she said, I really feel like this is something that you should do. I know Silas had the same experience with his wife, and uh, it sounds like you had a similar experience with your wife, that whether or not we knew what was happening uh, beforehand, we just felt drawn to to do this. And then I got a text from her, uh, I think it was Thursday, that said, uh, don't come, this is not going to be a good weekend because we just found out about our son. And um, I thought about reaching out to you guys saying, so is this still on? But then I thought, no, I'm going to go have <laughs> I don't, I don't care if they participate. I'm going to go have fun um, with my buddies, Jeff and Silas, and, and, it, and it worked out so great. So when she reached out to you and said, here's what's going on, what, were, what was your reaction? What were your thoughts? Did you think one way or the other that we need to postpone or that we need to have this? Or what? where was your head? My initial head was I had just come back from traveling for a couple of weeks and this was like the first full day that I was in town. And so my first thought was, I don't want to get on another airplane mm-hmm. and I don't want to leave. And I just thought I, I've got so much going on right now with work and family and responsibilities of things I've already committed to mm-hmm. that I, I just immediately felt like I just don't see how this can happen. Mm-hmm. But she was so excited that I, I, I honestly didn't. I didn't have the heart to say, "Yeah, there's no way that's going to happen," which is a good thing because um, the it's same day, that later that too. same day, my wife was like, "You need to find out, find a way to go." Right. And and again, I think it's because um, there there was a, an impression of something bigger than just a trip to see Harry Potter World, mm-hmm. but. Um, this is a person that we're talking about and her husband, two people that constantly are there for other people Mm -hmm. that when people are going through their hardest things, they show up Mm -hmm. and they help and they never ask for help. Mm -hmm. They never ask for anything from anyone. And now she's saying, Hey, can you guys come help us celebrate this birthday party? And I watched different people play different roles throughout the weekend. And I also experienced that as we were driving from the hotel to Universal Studios and Ken's driving and I'm in the very, very back because I'm the shortest and it's like a third row bench (laughs) and Jeff and Mar are in the middle and Silas is up front and the recommendation was made, should we offer a prayer on our way? And despite what they were going through, Mm -hmm. Uh, they each offered a prayer at different times. And most of what they said in that prayer mm-hmm. were expressions of gratitude. Right. So here they are once again, just like the woman that went a thousand miles and lost her family mm-hmm. temporarily. 
here I had an opportunity to have a, it, it was a back row seat, a third row seat, <laughs> like a child seat, but it was a front row seat <laughs> to yeah. see the faith mm-hmm. of these two saints that in the middle of scary things that they were going through, right? they offered prayers of gratitude. Mm-hmm. And again, I think the lesson for me, the lesson that's not lost on me is if you're going through something hard, mm-hmm. it's not just a good idea to be thankful. Mm-hmm. It, it's a tool to invite more strength into your life, mm-hmm. to, to invite Heavenly Father's choicest blessings into your life by, by recognizing them. And even if you don't feel, maybe especially if you don't feel thankful, mm-hmm. the very act of saying a prayer or saying out loud or doing a post on social media. Look, people that see my Facebook page or my Instagram might think I'm the happiest guy in the world. There are times when I'm posting stuff and I feel blue. Mm -hmm. But the summation of all those posts brings more perspective and gratitude and joy, and and it helps me recognize my my blessings. And I I don't want to be accused of, or I don't want to be in the presence of God someday thinking, um, boy, I sure was unthankful. I and and I think I'll still probably think that to some degree. But there's something really amazing about expressing gratitude, and I think you can do it through a photo. I think you can do it through an emoji. Mm-hmm. We have a we have a joke. Uh, I was talking to somebody that we know somebody that is just so full of life, and he's he's a very good at being aware of his blessings in his life. And sometimes he stops writing actual letters and he just starts throwing emojis all over the place, right? And I think, well, some people think in zeros and ones and some people think in emojis, right? Right. But emojis are great ways to express gratitude. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of really cool little things that happened. One of them that I, we were just barely in the park and all these kids like ages five up to maybe 12 or 13 were buying the the wands, Uh right? And they would stand in front of a window or something and Diagon Alley or wherever. And they would do this little um, movement with their Harry Potter wand. And it would make lights pop up in a, in a window or something like that. Yeah, I didn't know this was a thing. There's a, a marker on the ground at, uh, at various points where people can wave yeah. their wand. And, and uh, yeah, it was and, fun to watch. And it was fun to watch because it was the youngest ones that could do it really fast. Right. Right? It was... The, the older ones would stand there and not be able to do it. And then they'd walk away. And then like the little brother or the little sister would walk up and just like hit it one time and like, <laughs> it was awesome. That's right. But, so, but Silas had a thought. Yeah. So just to, to kind of set the stage for that, the reason that we went to Harry Potter world was because Jeff had, um, and we have two Jeffs, there's you Jeff and there's the other Jeff, but other Jeff had read Harry Potter and loved the books love the stories. And so when Mar went down for her, uh, her conference, Jeff went with her with the idea that the, the two of them could hit Harry Potter world. Now she's not a super fan of amusement parks and he knew that. And, and so he knew that she was making a big sacrifice to even be there with him. And, um, so then three guys show up to help him celebrate his birthday. And, and so that's, and we've, 
and we may talk a little bit more about our individual experience leading up to that. But so that's kind of the context. We've got Jeff, who's a great fan of Harry Potter. I've never read the books. My wife says I can't even watch the movies because I haven't read the books. And as we're going through the park, we're asking questions about, okay, what does this mean? What is this? Who is this person? And things like that. So we have uh, Silas who has his. Yeah. So Silas, who's like, you know, imagine a guy that's like 10 feet tall. This is Silas, right? (laughs) He's pretty close to it. Yeah. And, and he's like the only person that I've ever experienced as a, a, a church leader at the ward or local level where somebody in the congregation actually had a kid and named him after Silas. Right. So he's just, uh, just an amazing guy. And Silas, uh, leans down because you know he's like he and i can social distance when we're standing in front of each other (laughs) he's so tall and so he leans down and he's like i think we need to get ken or not ken we need to get jeff a a harry potter wand Mm -hmm. and so i'm like awesome you know (laughs) so next thing i know they're walking into the store and silas is telling him and jeff is refusing and silas is insisting and before you know it he walks out and he's got his harry potter wand and for me, what brought me a lot of joy was just standing back and watching Jeff, who's, you know, he's in his 60s now, and he's standing on the little uh, gold circle trying to get the thing to work. And, and when it finally worked, how excited he was. Oh, he was just like so excited. <laughs> but I was even thinking, uh, and it might have been something that you said, Ken, about like at one point in time, we were talking about well, why were we there? Like, why did we all need to go or whatever? And I think you said our mission for the day is to help Jeff and Marsh uh, forget about uh, what their son's going through just for a couple of minutes, you know? And there were times they needed to talk mm-hmm. and uh, there were times that we all talked about it, but watching Jeff stand on that gold circle trying to get that wand to work. Mm-hmm. For me, that was a magical experience and something that I'm very thankful for. Yeah. And then as we passed the wand, because he couldn't get it to work, and so we passed it to you, and they passed it to me, and passed it to Silas. And I think we all tried it. We were not successful. And finally, finally, Jeff got it. But yeah, that was that was such a great experience, that because the text that I got on Thursday was basically, don't come. Don't come. This isn't. This is not the right weekend. And, um, it was the absolute perfect weekend. It was, it was a chance where in their, in their pain, because the pain did not go away. Um, we did, we had some great conversations on Friday night. We talked about how, how deep the pain was, um, knowing what was likely in store for their son, uh, and how that was going to affect them and their life and their family. And, um, but I think knowing she sent us a text, uh, was it Saturday morning, maybe or Friday night saying, Hey, thanks. This is just great. Knowing that I have three brothers that here are here and have our backs. Um, there have been a few moments in my life where I've made a decision and I look back and I think, okay, that urging that I felt that prompting that I felt that really was something that when I acted on it made a difference. And, um, I think for me, as I, as I think about those types of experiences, recognizing the feeling that I had and then the result once I acted on it has helped me to find that pattern in my life. So there have been, uh, there have been times 
that, for example, I felt like I, I've got to go visit my parents and other times that the situation would have worked for me to go, but I just didn't have that, that urging. And so, um, so this is a great lead into some of the things I've witnessed with Mar and Jeff is that she's a, um, uh, an expert and a therapist, a licensed therapist in, um, helping people get through very, very hard things. Mm -hmm. And so she's a counselor for a lot of people and she does it professionally and she does it also as a service, um, to a lot of people. And so I've on a number of occasions seen her drop everything and just run to somebody's aid. And I've seen Jeff just like, without even asking, where are we going? What's going on? He just picks up the bags and starts carrying them. And this is a guy that when they lived in South Africa and a missionary was in distress and needed to get home, it didn't matter if they that missionary needed to fly all the way to Fiji or somewhere else. Jeff was the guy, despite the fact that he had his own aches and pains mm -hmm. or he was going through his own sicknesses, like he would be the one that would go with that missionary and travel all the way to Fiji and then travel all the way back to South Africa. And then without being able to lay down in a bed and be comfortable, jump in the car with Marsha and go help somebody else. And so this is a couple of the most unique people that I've ever met that are constantly helping other people. Mm -hmm. And for some reason there was it, there was a need there. And for some reason, you and I and Silas, and more importantly, our, our wife mm -hmm. said to us, you need to go. Right. And, and all three, all three of the wives, super, yeah. super supportive. Incredible. And, and I, I noticed a lot of joy in my wife when I just told her a couple of the experiences, the one that, mm -hmm. that she loved the most was when I described Jeff with the wand, <laughs> like she just could picture him Right. doing that. And, um, every one of us has a child inside that wants to play or explore <laughs> right. or have yeah. an adventure. And in, in that moment, like I was able to see, um, Jeff, like I could imagine him as a five-year-old kid, mm -hmm. you know, but, um, you know, there are also some rides that we went on that, uh, I think we were all surprised mm -hmm. at how thrilling the ride was. Oh yeah. And, uh, like immediately got back in line to, uh, <laughs> to go on that ride again. That so and that was, that was a great experience. Now I have to confess, I really don't like amusement parks. Mm -hmm. Um, I've, and Marsha, well, Marsha doesn't either. She, she really doesn't either. You know, I mean, when I was, when I was a younger father, I loved to go to like Disney world because, uh, to see my kids just be so odd and wowed and everything. Right. But like I would carry the kids on my shoulders and then the next day I couldn't get out of bed because my back hurt so bad. And, mm. you know, and so now um, I'm in my 50s and like when I go to amusement parks, it brings me joy if I'm with a family member or a friend that that is actually really enjoying it. But for me, I just feel aches and pains all day long. Right. You're standing on your feet, you're waiting in lines, you're in rides, you know, you end up getting a headache or something because you're going on mm -hmm. the super. Your brain river. is going as fast yeah. as the rest of the body. I mean, we got catapulted on the Hulk roller coaster <laughs> right. and it does all these loops, you know? Uh, and uh, so as I look back on it, I'm very, very thankful that we did it. And it's, it, there's so many lessons that I personally observed or, or learned from that experience. Um, but the most important one for me is that 
you have these two people that are going through something very, very difficult and hard. And they've been there for everyone. Mm -hmm. And if we were there for them, even in the smallest of ways, it's worth it, right? Right. Because they show up and they help people and they serve people. And um, I think sometimes when you're going through something hard, you just need a friend to be present. Mm -hmm. The friend doesn't even have to talk. Right. Right. But you just need to be present. And so you're driving the minivan Mm -hmm. and Silas is navigating Mm -hmm. and I'm back there telling jokes. (laughs) Half of them aren't that funny, but more than half. (laughs) Okay. More than half. And at one point in time, Silas told me he was purposely making fun of your driving, just to try to provide some comic relief. Right. And he was, he was relentless. (laughs) Yeah, he really was. In fact, he texted me something. I think I had told him. So Jeff and Silas missed their flights coming back home. And uh, the story behind that is Silas offered to pay for my Uber to get to the airport if it would mean an extra 15 minutes of sleep. (laughs) And he got an extra day of sleep because they didn't make their flight. But um, so when I reported that I made it home, he texted me that surprising that you made it home driving, driving 25 miles an hour or something like that. He's such a punk. Yeah. And by the way, we have to clarify Silas was willing to pay for your Uber so he could sleep. Exactly. Right. (laughs) That's right. And I was right there with him. I was like, oh yeah, we need those extra minutes of sleep. Yeah. We got to the airport. You were gone. Uh, Silas and I, Jeff and Moore, we showed up and the line for Jeff and Silas to come back to Indiana was two and a half hours long. Mm. It was the longest security line I've ever seen in my life. And I've been in a lot of airports and, um, but Mara and I, we were both headed uh, to Salt Lake. Um, I had one reason and she had the reason to try to go see her son. And uh, we got through our line in 20 minutes, mm-hmm. right? And so it was just like, it was kind of like uh, Moses part in the Red Sea. Uh, there was a security line that was parted. And, uh, you know, Silas and Jeff, they probably needed a day of rest Maybe. Uh, more than sleeping or more than, you know, being on a uh, plane, train, automobile, all that stuff. Um, they ended up going and getting a hotel and just having a restful Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then they went home the next day. But um, my understanding is that um, Mara was able to see her son and he's actually doing remarkably well considering what they thought could have been the options. And he's another phenomenal guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, here's a guy that's in a hospital and he's like, today he was doing a a video to thank all the veterans for their service. Mm -hmm. And he's got tubes like coming in and out of him. And he's got all these, you know, different challenges with his health. And yet he's going on social media to try to lift other people. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it it was an amazing... uh, you know, it's interesting. I think I saw something once on Walt Disney that one of the reasons he created theme park was because he had a very painful childhood and he wanted other people to be able to feel like a kid for a day. Mm -hmm. And that was another lesson for me is that we all go through hard things. We all experience pain, but every once in a while we need to just play. We just need to be a kid. I think, I think that's, I think there's a lot of value in that. I think that's really important for us to just kind of let loose something that you, that you mentioned that, um, I just want to talk about, you didn't say it exactly this way, but a lot of times when we have something like this, where there's somebody that we're close to, friend, family, 
who's going through something difficult or painful. We struggle with what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And I think a lot of times it's not so much about what we do as it is about who we are. Um, who do we need to be? And you mentioned earlier that uh, I brought chocolate cakes. So I brought three chocolate cakes to Florida, one for uh, Jeff for his birthday, one for you, because why not? <laughs> and, and one for Silas. The, the quick story with Silas, when I was out with COVID, Silas went, did some grocery shopping for me. He bought some, I asked for some milk and uh, he said, I'm, he texted me, I'm at the store. What else do you need? And I said, okay, I probably could use some eggs and maybe some orange juice. He brought me a box of five dozen eggs. Five dozen eggs. Now we went through them all. So when he was out with uh, with COVID, now did he do that because he felt like he needed five dozen, or because he's know. such a huge man that he eats five <laughs> maybe dozen? That's, maybe it's that he eats that. But I texted him and I said, "Okay, so you're sick. How many dozen eggs do you need me to get for you?" And he said, "Oh, I can only digest them in cake form. So I'm trying to pay back five dozen <laughs> eggs in cakes." <laughs> and so, so I brought three cakes to uh, to Orlando. It was nothing for me. I got him through security. That was fine. That was a miracle that you got him through security. Because <laughs> if I was working security, I would have confiscated them. That's true. And then I would have ate them. So um, when when I think of, there's so many things that I think I could worry about, what am I going to do? Or I can worry about, who am I going to be? And I just, I'm the cake guy. I'm the chocolate cake guy. I just, and that's what I do. The and I joke that the only way I know how to show love is with cho- chocolate cake. So Jeff's birthday, I'm going to give him a chocolate cake. When uh, I come visit you guys, I'm going to bring chocolate cake or at least a cupcake. And uh, Silas, I'm going to pay him back in uh, you know sixty eggs, one chocolate cake at a time. And so, and it doesn't have to be anything specific. I think that just being compassionate, being somebody who loves people. And I always have to shout out to my sister, Annette, because, because (laughs) she deserves it on this, on this podcast. Um, but just loving people, being a loving person. And it, it's not so much about what you're going to do, but just knowing, just letting people know that you're there, that, that you're there. And I think that can make a big difference because I don't know that we did any, I don't know that we did anything I don't know that the any impact that we had on on Jeff and Mar and his birthday and her experience with with grieving the diagnosis of her son. I don't know that our actions made a difference, but it was who we are, um, who we showed up as. I think that's where the impact was. Yeah, and I think that um, we're, we we are obviously very imperfect people and stumble around and say the wrong thing. Um, or joke at the wrong time. We're, we're very flawed humans. But the thing that I think Jeff and Mar are going to remember is that Heavenly Father sent three people. Right. Now, it could have been any other three people, but it just happened that we got the honor to be there. Right. And it the wasn't. The point is, it wasn't is they did not go through that alone. Right. And they know that in, in, in the future, when they have a challenge or something, just like they show up for so many people and they minister to so many people, they know that they can count on angels being sent to minister to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that was a huge thing. Um, I think one of the things that's so great about your chocolate cake is that it's a gift that people appreciate. Mm-hmm. They love your chocolate cake and they eat it, right? Like in my family, I've witnessed a number of times where 
we just finished dinner and we're not hungry anymore. Mm -hmm. And you show up with the cake and everybody still eats the cake, right? And it's just such a delicious thing. Um, my grandmother, she had all these friends. Um, she lived in the same town for decades and she had all these friends that she would exchange Christmas gifts with. And when um, my wife and I were going through college, she would have us sit in her living room and we would have to write down who gave her a gift and then kind of catalog it like mm -hmm. it was a, like a library or something, right? Mm -hmm. And she had codes and everything. And I was like, why is she doing this? And then I discovered she had two um, cabinets or dresser drawers where she would put all these gifts that people gave her. Uh -huh. And so, then the next year she would like give those gifts to other uh -huh. people. <laughs> so she had a record of who gave her what. So she was never going to re-gift the same gift, right? right? But the point is, is that she would always say um, to someone that gave her a gift or she would send them a card and say, thank you for remembering me. Mm -hmm. That was what was important for her is that somebody remembered her. Mm -hmm. And the gift was something that she maybe never even took the time to enjoy. She would actually turn it around and re-gift it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, but for her, it was all about, you know, thank you for remembering me. Yeah. And I think that's such a big big part of when we minister or when we follow promptings or when we take time to think about it, what, what we should be thankful for mm -hmm. is we're remembering. Right. And there's something very powerful about remembering. I think, I think that's true. And what I found is, so the thing that I've done is chocolate cake. And um, I know other people that do zucchini bread or cinnamon rolls or whatever, and it doesn't have to be anything even edible. Just remembering people I think is super, uh, super significant. And but it's better if it's a chocolate cake chocolate that you love, because <laughs> then you get remembered, plus you get the delicious chocolate cake. Right. But I've had, and maybe you've had this too, I've had people uh, stop by with treats that, uh, things that aren't my favorite. And I'm not going to say what those things might be, because I don't want to discourage Because then anybody. I will give them to you. <laughs> I know you you that, will. That's right. Other people will. But being remembered, I think, is, is it's such a, um, such a blessing to know I had... Uh, Somebody dropped by a couple of weeks ago with cookies and the cookies were great, but even, and I did talk, this is not Sarah, Sarah brought cookies too, and her cookies are always wonderful. But, um, even, even if the, the food is not my favorite or it's not something that I'm going to enjoy myself, knowing that somebody thought of me makes a big difference. And that's as there've been times that I've argued with myself about, should I take cake to this person, maybe it's somebody that I don't know well, somebody who's just moved into the area or whatever. And I've thought, I don't know how they, what they think, but I appreciate when somebody notices or, um, yeah, when they notice me or my family enough that they take a few minutes out of their day to stop by, make a visit. It's that being remembered is super, super important. Just to, to wrap things up, a couple of things that, that I'm taking away from our conversation, Jeff, is number one, be grateful. And I don't think that gratitude, I don't think you necessarily have to post on social media every day forever, but I think recognizing in our lives the things that are good, the having a perspective of, of gratitude, I think that can be a game changer for us. And number two, uh, and there's more, but number two is being the type of person that we should be 
will bless lives. I think it's going to make a difference for me. And you alluded to this, uh, and I'll let you wrap up with with any thoughts that you have. But um, as observers for what we created this last weekend with Jeff and Mar and his birthday and and her morning experience and all that, it was such, you called it an honor. It was such an honor to be there, to be part of that. And it really had nothing to do with with us and what we did. It was just, we happened to be the ones who were honored with, with having that experience. And I think that as we are act as, as we're following those, those nudges, those urgings, the promptings and being who we can be and should be, we're going to bless lives, including our own. I think the conversation that we had Saturday night as we were just wiped out from being at the park all day, um, realizing the impact that that experience had on us individually, um, may pale in comparison to the impact that we may have had on, on Jeff and Mar. Yeah, I hope so. Because again, we're talking about a couple people that for decades have been showing up and ministering and uh, expressing uh, the gratitude uh, and helping other people get through hard things. So I, I, I hope that uh, it was, it, it was also an interesting experience for me that in expressing um, gratitude or listening to this couple express gratitude in their prayers and being part of this whole weekend, um, I found that my ba- batteries got recharged. Mm-hmm. So there was some type of refreshing that happened to me right. uh, because I was part of that whole experience. And some of that came in the private conversations as we waited in lines for a ride. Some of that happened um, in the car or in the evening before we were going uh, to bed. And we we uh, had a lot of uh, there was a lot of wisdom shared, a lot of thoughts, and I feel like I learned a ton. But I felt like I was refreshed and mm-hmm. recharged, and ready to um, ready to you know get back at it and try to do good. Um, there's a scripture in Doctrine and Covenants that I found as I was studying the power of gratitude, and it goes something like um, those who express thanks will be made glorious, mm. and uh, I don't know the full extent to what the word glorious means, mm-hmm. but I have this one experience where I was with um, my teenage daughters driving in the car and we were listening to the David Archuleta song, mm-hmm. Glorious, right. and we would just keep hitting replay, replay. Mm-hmm. And we would listen, There were, I think one, in one car ride, we listened to the song 20 times in a right. row. And we just had a feeling that was a very good, refreshing wonderful feeling from that song. Mm -hmm. And um, there is something true about if you can find a way to minister to others, to turn outward, even when you're going through something really hard yourself, to Mm -hmm. take a break and go try to help somebody else. Um, And maybe especially then, uh, that's when glorious things start happening. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you this, like, I I can't recall any experience ever in my life where I was getting outside of my own head or getting outside of my own situation to try to follow a prompting to help someone or to try to do something nice for someone or just be there present for someone Mm -hmm. where I didn't get more out of it. Right. 
And I don't know how effective I was for that person mm -hmm. that I was trying to help, but something happened to me right. in that process. And I think what happens is both people are uplifted and edified and recharged, yeah. both the one being served and the one that's doing the serving. Mm -hmm. But I think what's really common is the one that's expressing the thanks, the thanks or the ministering or the one delivering the chocolate cake is the one that comes away feeling like the, the, the one that was truly blessed, mm -hmm. the one that was truly um, uplifted through the whole thing. Right. And um, I don't share chocolate cake because uh, I think it makes a big difference for everybody else. I, I share it because it is such a great experience for me to share. And so um, thanks for taking the time to help me relive this last weekend. It was so exhausting, but it was such a great, it was such yeah. a great experience. Well, and, and thanks to Silas for bringing the earplugs, right? Because right. That, hey, we actually could get some sleep. <laughs> Three grown men sawing logs in a oh, hotel room. Right? Yeah, some of us didn't have any problems sleeping. But thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to Chocolate Cake Bites. Please like, share, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear your comments and ideas, and you can reach out to me at ken at chocolatecakebites.com. And before you end the day, take a few minutes to consider, who do you know who needs chocolate cake? <laughs>